0: So this is season one, episode nine of Money Talks, the podcast hosted by Becoming Financially Fit. I am Stacey Blunt here with my guest, JJ Tawil. Welcome to the show, man. Um, So uh, here on Money Talks, we talk about personal finance, financial literacy, savings, investing. We also throw some entrepreneurship in there as well. Um, So I'm happy to have you on the show. Happy to be here. to have you you know, explain your whole story, um, but uh, just to start it out, how we met, we met through mutual friends, my two roommates, when I came out here. Um, you went to college with them, you were an athlete at Fordham, um, but before I get into too much of your information, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Um, so as you said, J.J. Towell um, I'm originally from Harlem, New York. I uh, Moved out of Harlem when I was like, or Spanish Harlem, if you wanna get particular, uh, but moved out when I was like 11 or so, Um, And moved to Long Island, a place called Hewlett's on the South Shore. It's kind of like Long Beach, Oceanside area. Those are the popular areas. Um, And I moved out there until college where I went to Fordham. And I played tennis throughout my whole youth. I played all sports like as a kid. Mm -hmm. Like basketball, baseball, a little bit of football, soccer, swam. Fuck, I did judo too. (laughs) I did the whole bitch. Um, But then as I got older, I stuck to tennis for a Funny reason, but um, and then played tennis in college at Fordham. Studied finance, um, or majored in finance, specialized in bad investing, and got a minor in economics. Um, and then yeah, became a real person. <laughs> right. <Psych>. Um.
0: <laughs> yeah. So jump right into your family life. So growing up, did your parents or your family in general teach you about personal finances um, or how money actually works in the in the real world?
1: Um with respect to, to like money and finances just save everything like that was yeah. it, that was kind of it. There was no like talking about different vehicles or like you know what saving can do for you what you should do after you've saved how long should you be saving for how much should you be saving? It was just like anything you don't need to buy don't buy it and whatever you have left mm-hmm. save it yeah. um, that's pretty much it.
0: And so were they just saying saving like a savings account, checking? Yeah, account, just like, like just
1: uh, honestly, as a kid, I guess I saved that shit in my drawer. Uh, yeah, duh, the straight up, like yeah. just saved my cat. I didn't have like an account or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I got, didn't have an, an account like a savings. Yeah, account. Yeah, no, none account. of that. I yeah. think I got my checking account when I went to college. So That they didn't have to give me cash, they would be able to just like, and I had a debit card, yeah, but I didn't get my first credit card until after college, which was a bitch trying to get. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, nah, that's that's as far as a guy was saving,
0: yeah. And what about investing? Did they ever
1: tell you, nah. you know, nothing nah. about investing? Nah, right? Nah. <laughs> 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 nah, nah, I mean, my dad might. It's funny though, because this is. Fucking thing about some finances. Now, my dad was a commodities trader. Really? Yeah, my dad used to trade natural gas and and oil, like in New York Mercantile Exchange. And what like, you know, you know the movie Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. where that he's on the boat and in in fucking those buildings right there in the financial district in the Seaport. That's that's where my dad used to work. Wow. Um, and he, as a trader, a big part of trading, especially back then, is just like speed and like mm-hmm. my dad's like you remember my dad he's like a little crackhead like <laughs> mad energetic like tough little dude and he didn't really know how to trade commodities because like he like understood macroeconomics and OPEC and stuff like that he was like a like a day trader kind of thing off of like analytics and like feeling like the market and knowing when it's gonna go down so it's funny that he had a job where you would think or you could approach it from a very like intellectual like Way where then you know you assume people like that know what they're doing with investment, but my dad, you don't know that kind of really. Shit. Did no. he uh,
0: teach you any of that stuff, or nah. did you kind of just knew that my dad's a trader? No, my
1: dad, my dad, we would talk about it a little when I was a kid, but it was more so like he would just show me, he would show me, he used to work, he used to trade off pink slips really yeah that's how far back so you used to trade off pink slip and you throw the you throw your card in the ring, mm-hmm. and then you keep you keep the pink slip as your receipt and he would show me like look how much money I'd be like oh wow but like we never spoke about like what well, I did an internship in college for a man that he started working for and then we kind of talked about it then mm-hmm. but even then not really
0: so it's mainly just service level save your money um, so since he was a trader during those times when it was, you know, that mm-hmm. was like the occupation I have. Does your family come from money? Mm-mm. So my dad
1: had a couple good years, like. Because that was the thing when my when I was born, my dad was a tennis player, professional tennis player. Wow. Um. Yeah. So that's how that's why I played tennis or part of. But when my dad had me, that's when he quit tennis, and mm-hmm. then he he started like a teaching job, and then he was about to have me and then was teaching for a couple of years, sorry. And then he said he was going to quit, and one of his students was like, no, you can't quit, sorry. Like, You're my teacher, blah, 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 like, do a fit. And then like, went to her dad, and long story short, that dude was my dad's first boss in Wall Street who I interned for. Wow. And then from there, he started working for him as a clerk. And then like, by the time I was like 10 years old, He had a couple good years, and then we were able to, like, move out to Long Island, but I'm not 100% sure. He definitely bought the house in a fucked up way. Like, he put up a lot of money. Like, didn't understand the concept of, like, leverage and stuff like that. Yeah, like, putting down a down payment. Yeah, exactly. Like, you could... You can put down 20%, but you don't need to put down, like, 75%, put all your money into something that could go down. Yeah. And the housing crisis happened, and then the years weren't as good because technology came in, mm-hmm. and that took out a lot of, like, day traders because computers do it faster. So you can even ask my sister. Like, we just grew up in a pretty nice house, but that was it. That was like, a, a, yeah, it was yeah. like, we ate in every night and I walked my ass to school. Like, <laughs> we were there for school. Yeah. That's really why we moved out there. So it was like, you know, I. And do you think that helped you? Hell yeah. Being in that area? Because like
0: you said, you started in yeah. Harlem, Spanish Harlem, moved out to Long Island. Do yeah, you think definitely being did. in that environment of more affluent people helped you out, like yeah. growing into who you are today?
1: Yeah, because. I remember the type of people that I grew up around in Harlem, and I remember the type of people I grew up in Long Island, and they're wildly different. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I had crackheads, chicken heads. Like all <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, New, New York streets, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in Long Island, like, I didn't appreciate it as much as a kid, but, like, I went, some of my friends' parents and some of the kids that I went to school with, their parents, there were some bad motherfuckers that I went to school with, yeah. like, their parents. Mm-hmm like very established, like businessmen, lawyers, like Donna Karen went to my school, like DKNY. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have some affluent people, so. D- was it a private school? No, nah, public school. Public school? Just uh, a nice Texas, area. yeah, just okay, area, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, Okay, so um, that was growing up, now transitioned into college life, college mm-hmm. at Fordham. And <laughs> for the viewers and listeners out there, it's Fordham in the Bronx, yeah. which is a private university. It's yeah. not Florida. No,
1: no, <laughs> <University>. <laughs> I'm not a gator. <laughs> You always ask that. Um, so
0: you were talking about your um, your dad was a professional athlete, and you were also a student athlete um, and a business school student. So um, how did you finance college? Um, because Fordham is very pricey since it's uh, a private school. Yeah, uh,
1: debt, shit, debt, and a little bit of scholarship money. Um, hmm, I guess my. I kind of knew that I wanted to be in like business and in finance. Mm-hmm. And it I don't know if what the answer is even to this day, but what I was mainly trying to weigh is like okay, if I want to be in that, I need to be as close as I can to a place like Harvard, and it was either Fordham with a bunch of debt or Fairfield University for free.
0: Where is Fairfield? Fair, what fair, is Fairfield? Exactly, that's
1: exactly why I was like, yeah, and then I put that on a freaking job application. And then, then what? Even yeah. if I have really good grades. like I knew at least enough on my own then that like I needed to go to a good school. Um, so I was like, all right, fine. I'll take the debt and take the bet on myself. And that right there was kind of like how i approach my finances a lot honestly that mindset of taking a bet on yourself mm-hmm. um, so yeah i took it with debt and with um with a little bit of scholarship
0: and how much was it per year going to school work? there yeah. um like
1: everything like my eating and yeah, all that every, all uh, everything in. 65
0: 65 a year yeah that's pretty pricey. Fuck, it's was wild it, and then with your scholarships what did it total yeah,
1: uh pfft. i got i got Fifteen a year, so fifteen times what? That's sixty, so what? Like <laughs> over two hundred and fifty thousand.
0: Wow. Wild. And you're still paying that back right now. Hell
1: yeah. <laughs> you crazy. <laughs> All
0: right. So now let's talk about your transition from being a student at Fordham, knowing you have this debt that you're gonna have to take on, into um, getting your opportunity at then Morgan Stanley.
1: I gotta get the highest paying job I can get. Yeah. Um that was it and you know I wanted to I did I was trying to do real estate mm-hmm. at the very end of my college career that was when I figured out because the way it worked was I got the job offer and like the upper job opportunity and I was like it's Morgan Stanley and the name sound fancy so mm-hmm. let me go do it yeah and then as did you I, know what you're gonna not, be getting yourself not into really. Not really. like I knew it was fundraising and I knew it was like some somewhat marketing based and like that it was like sales oriented, but I wasn't actually going to be a salesman. Mm-hmm. But what I did know for sure was that I was going to be somewhat in the real estate realm mm-hmm. and I was going to be at a dope company. So I was like, you know what, let me just go here. It's a good name, which I think is the most important thing to to seek yeah. coming out of school. And then I'll figure out how to get to like the heavyweight place once I get there.
0: And so off camera, we're talking about um, internships. Mm-hmm when did you first start doing those internships?
1: Because mainly to get those jobs
0: yeah, at like a J.P. Morgan yeah, or Morgan yeah, Stanley, yeah. you have to do internships, mm-hmm. right?
1: So I actually, my first internship out of college, like I said, was for that dude that my dad used to teach tennis to his daughter that yeah. he worked for. And it was just like a trading thing, so. It was stupid. It was like 20 kids. They split us up into two teams, and we had to come up with like an investment thesis, mm-hmm. one one commodities base and one stock base, and then like we had to like give a presentation at the end of the summer. And and then actually we got ten thousand dollars to invest, like real his real money. Yeah, the guy, yeah, he's really wealthy. So he gave us ten Gs, and whoever had the biggest return, you won, and then we all split the money. Really? Yeah. Who won? Uh, we did. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. What did we choose? Oh. Uh, we did. What's it called? Johnson and Johnson. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So so you did that. Uh, that was your first internship. That was, yeah, that was freshman year. Sophomore year, I did an options. <laughs> I did an options internship at like one guy that my dad used to work with his Mm -hmm. son had like an options company a trading desk they were brokers and it was a fucking like they would fucking fuck around (laughs) like it was just a thing think about like frat chad brad chad but like from new jersey oh wow (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was really funny um they were really cool though uh, and that was kind of like, whatever. And then my junior year, I had another one of them where it was like not very like, it's not nothing institutional. They're all family and friends, basically bullshit. Yeah. And I put that on my resume and then, you know, I had a good recommendation to Morgan Stanley. He was, mm-hmm. an, he was an MD and had been for like 10 years. Oh, wow. And I met him through tennis. So that was kind of like how I got in. And mm-hmm. then, you know, Black and Fordham and tennis and, had some internships and I bullshitted like, what I actually did and mm-hmm. just studied a lot before my interviews and then that was kind of it. Okay,
0: and so you did two analyst programs, right? Yeah. So I remember we were talking about that yeah. a while back. You did two analyst programs, um, the second of which was investment banking related. Yeah. Talk about the first one and then how you transitioned to the second one because usually after the first rotation you yeah. would go into something like um, uh, like an associate role.
1: Yeah, 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 okay, Um. so yeah, my first job was fundraising. Essentially, Morgan Stanley has in-house private equity funds. Mm-hmm. So they have one in real estate. They have one in general private equity, like buying like you know a paint company or buying Burger King. You know, like taking that private. That's a private equity company. Um, they had energy private equity, so like investing in oil tanks and like companies that I don't know. Like they did all kinds of crazy shit and bought land and rigs and stuff like really? that. Yeah, it was wild. Then they had infrastructure um funds and that's like a bridge or one cool project that they actually did was they bought like a portfolio of chicago city parking meters and like optimized the parking meters and like increased the like that shit it's crazy so what these dudes like get their hands on um and i used to fundraise for those so like okay essentially market those funds to Mm big pension funds, right? They take, yep. you know, you you give, to your, pension, you give yep. to your pension every year and then you it's supposed to be a bigger number than what you gave. And then that's the type of, we try to get that money. Um, so it's just taken very seriously. And then we would dip, give it to rich people as well. So like if you were a private wealth management mm-hmm. um, client of Morgan Stanley, and we only sold to Morgan Stanley for wealth management. Um, we didn't see other banks will sell to like Bank of America yep. and City. We only sold to like our clients. and I used to do fundraising for them. Um, it was all right. You know, it was a lot of marketing materials and presentations, not very <laughs> analytical. Yeah, um as much data as I ever dealt with was like, okay, if we're trying to figure out who we're gonna reach out to institutionally, it's like there's a hundred investors out of the hundred investors, seventy five of them allocate to real estate, okay? Out of the 75, 50 of them have allocated all their money. Out of the remaining 25, these are the ones with the most money, who relationship, you know, kind of like breaking it down like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in terms of preparation for them, my second thing, which was investment banking, um, and the, before I talk about the job, the reason why I had to kind of like do another analyst program again and couldn't lateral is because I would have not prepared for that job. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually funny. So, I interviewed for it twice. Really? Yeah, I interviewed for it. <laughs> so I'm as soon as I got to MS, I knew that I wasn't fucking with that job. Mm-hmm. So I started um, networking, networking yep. right away, and I met this black kid, super nice kid. Um, his name's Stephen Breeden. He's a fucking animal. <laughs> he's trying to come. He to try to, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a beast. Um, yeah. So he was. He went to Cornell, did investment banking and real estate. Went to Oak Tree, and then is now at Harvard and getting his MBA he's a monster he was the first kid that introduced me to the group Mm -hmm. and he used to work there then I started like every I would like press him to like introduce me to people and he did and then I finally was able to like interview for a second year position so they had like a second year quit Mm -hmm. and then they out of like the first out of the two years and then they needed somebody right away and I interviewed for it and they were just like listen like we can tell that you don't really know like anything much about this stuff. And if you're gonna be coming in as a second year, like you're gonna get burned and we need somebody that's gonna like be Step an animal. In yeah, there. like, and it's like, it's bad for you and it's gonna be bad for us. And he's like, trust me, you don't want it. Cause we don't have to want to fire you and all that. And I was like, all right, fine. Shit broke me. I was pissed cause I thought I was gonna get it. Um, But I didn't. So then I finished again. So I did that in the summer of 2016, Mm -hmm. and then in the winter of 2016, I did an interview to be like with college kids to come in as a first year. And you had already been working for it was for two for it was about to be two years that summer.
0: Wow! And you had to restart Mm -hmm. because you knew you wanted. It was like
1: that or business school. Yeah. And that was the only way I was going to get into finance because no legitimate private equity shop was just going to hire me cuz I had had no private equity experience or banking experience or and then if they were to hire me, it would be because it's a shitty place, which I don't want to be at. Yeah. So it was either get a banking job within MS because, like, I'm already here and it's a great bank, or go back to business school and i like, I'm not paying for that shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, I got to get this job. Um, and I was able to get it the second time I interviewed, which was winter of 2016, um, after getting denied in the summer of 2016. And then I started in the summer of 2017. So I actually had the job while still working, and then I just kind of told them after they gave me my bonus. Ah,
0: okay, so then you talked about your bonus. So now, how much were you making those first couple years? um, The first two years? The first two years as an analyst, and then how much were you making then when you switched over to investment?
1: Um, I was making six figures, Mm -hmm. and then I was making even more than banking, yeah. Really, when you switched to investment banking? Yeah, when I went into investment banking, I made probably like, 25, 30% more.
0: And you were already making six figures. Yeah. Wow. Coming straight out of college. So that helps, right? Yeah. Fighting some of that uh, college loan debt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I pay, so with my debt, I make sure to at least pay the minimums to not incur interest. I just pay what, you know, like to not have the interest build up on the loan. Mm -hmm. I pay whatever that minimum is to like not have a balloon. This way it's just like it is actually going down. Because sometimes if you don't pay enough, then they ding you if you really? don't, if you don't meet a threshold. Yeah, I did not they, know that. Yeah, I'm lucky meet, enough to not have any. So yeah, pff, fuck you. <laughs> if, they, if you meet a threshold, they ding you, and then it ends up being more. But if you pay a certain amount by the end of the year, and then you split it up into 12 months, it goes down.
0: Okay. So um, there are usually three tracks when you're investment banking, and that's what your second role was. So you did that for about two years, and then at the end of that, you can do one of a couple different things. You can either try to move up to the associate rank, mm-hmm. which you have to interview for. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to B school, like you said, you you weren't trying to do that. Or you can go private, mm-hmm. right, into private equity or some type of startup or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so you chose the latter, and you went to WeWork. Mm-hmm. So explain the process of when you were, you know, thinking about what you should do next as far as should I move up and try to become an associate? Should nope. I do Should I do business school? Or, mm-hmm. You know, and how did you start to meet those people like um, the startups that we like were? Yeah, and, yeah. And
1: other um, well, I knew I didn't want to be an associate because I knew what their lives were and I was like. Definitely not. Yeah. All in this, an associate is worse than an analyst because, in, as an analyst, you at least don't have to deal directly with the VP's bullshit. Unless you have a VP that's a real asshole <laughs> and that will come give you heat as well. The yeah. heat is supposed to be taken by the associate because the associate tells the analyst what to do. Mm-hmm. So a good VP knows that it's probably not the analyst fault. I have a dumbass associate. Yeah. So being an associate, you have to make sure that the guy underneath you's not fucking up, and then you got to make sure the guy above you doesn't want to fuck you up. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And yeah. then on top of the job and the hours, like I was like, it's not worth it. Because they make good money. Yeah. They make comparable to like what private equity guys do. And and it's a little bit safer too. Because it's a good It's like, you're in the company. It's, and yeah, it's fixed. And it's not so performance-based, especially when you're down there. Yeah. You know, when when you go to private equity, everybody feels it no matter no matter your rank. Everyone when the company gets paid, everybody gets paid. In banking, the company can like the you know, if they made 10 million instead of 20 million, the guys at the bottom will still kind of be normal. They won't yeah. take it, it's the guys at the top that take a big hit. Mm-hmm. So I thought about that, and that was kind of like what was like making me like, mm, maybe I But then I was like, yeah, hell no. <laughs> so then, <laughs> so that was that one. Business school, I was like, yeah, and people tell me, they're like, listen, Fordham's great, Morgan Stanley for four years, black, Dominican, Spanish, this one, That's that right. one, like you could totally Go to a Harvard or Warren. I'm like, bro, I really don't want to take the GMAT, man. Yeah, and I don't want. I that's what it was, the GMAT. I don't want to study for it. Yeah, I really think so. And and then also the, on top of that, like the debt, the debt Because okay, what it what it what what it more so was not the GMAT. Is that I knew I had to bust my ass because the only reason, the only way I could go to school and not have to pay for it is if I got above 700. And that's no easy feat. And I suck at standardized tests. So I know that about myself. And then I'm like, while I'm in this private equity job, to study for my GMAT, like, it would be tough. It's hard already. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been thinking about taking it blind and see how far I am from a 700 just to see. And if I'm within, like, 100 points, maybe I'd be like... (laughs) <laughs> Just study it and try to get it, and yeah. then see what happens. Yeah. But if not, then I'll at least be like, all right, I took the fucking test, and I'm I'm definitely not getting it. So, I've been thinking about that. So then, we work. Um, the way it works with recruiting. So banking, especially like at the major banks, Morgan Stanley, Goldman, J.P. Morgan, maybe BAML. Like guys, like like those guys get them too. But like yeah. the big big recruiters, like CPI and HSP, like. All these, like, they make millions of dollars, these fucking recruiting firms, but um, they go for like the Morgan Stanley's and Goldman's of the world. Mm-hmm. So I had interviews, not because I'm that special, but just because I was in Morgan Stanley investment banking, Blackstone, Apollo, Rock Point, um, Gick, everybody, all those dudes. And all the PE shops. Yeah, all the PE shops. And at some point, I was like, yeah, nah, I'm good because a lot of those places are sweatshops. And, you know, I worked really, long hours, especially in my yeah. second year of banking. And I was like, you know what? I, this shit's not sustainable for real. I don't even <laughs> like it that much. Yeah. So I don't know if I could keep doing this like this. Um, so, you know, but then there are some private equity shops where the culture is just very different. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, right? Blackstone. The reason why they have to work, they work so much, is a lot of appearance. Because, like, those dudes have, like, I don't even know how much money they have. They have like a hundred billion dollars <laughs> to invest. <laughs> yeah. So, they, like, they for can take any deal. Yeah, for them to make money, it has to be like they have to. You gotta spend money to make money. They got a lot to spend. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, they just throw spaghetti at the wall all the time, like just looking for a bunch of shit to do because they need to. Yeah. And I, so I was like, I don't want to be at a place like that. That's too. Did you interview you there? Yeah. Okay. But no. <laughs> no, I was just like, yeah, this is not for me. Um, and then you start looking at the other PE shops that have like five billion or four billion, and it's spread across like seven funds, and like there's like you know seven hundred fifty million more to invest, and it's way more like humane. Mm-hmm. That kind of lured me in, so I started interviewing at a couple of places like that. I made it far one of them to the last round, a place called Rock Point out of Boston. Some bad motherfuckers, to those dudes, man. We actually lost a deal to them at WeWork this last summer wow. in Boston. A hundred summer, they they um, they were really good. But um, um but yeah, no. Nah, and then, um, I got introduced to WeWork actually because of uh, like after not getting this, the Rock Point job, I got introduced to somebody at WeWork. Um, through somebody that I worked with, one of my bosses, he was really cool Mm -hmm. and he, and they, it was very open, like the program, like they know we go. Yeah. So like, he was like helping me find a job and like people knew, like it was chill. Um, and he introduced actually his girlfriend, um, she was a HR recruiter and she helped me get like referred. And then I had like people referring me and then I went through a whole, oh my God, I went through like seven rounds of interviews. Seven rounds of like. Phone calls, on so site. So I did a phone call with an HR recruiter, and then I did a phone call with a guy that I sit next to now. Then I came in to meet the junior team, then I came in to do a model, then I came in to meet with the whole entire team. Literally, I was there for like four hours in a room, <laughs> hot, <laughs> hungry, and smiling in a Fucking <laughs> and then I had to do a sixth round because one of the senior dudes that wanted to wasn't meet there. me wasn't fucking there. And I had to go the next day to, <laughs> to go sit with him. Yo, when I got that job, bro, I was like, you damn right, you gave me that job. And
0: how long was that process? Uh, of that
1: all happened in like three weeks.
0: Three weeks? Yeah. Really? So three weeks from you get the uh, that HR call HR call to
1: job offer. Yeah. Wow. Great. I was fucking tired. Um, but that was a thing too, man. I was nervous because and this is kind of like the betting on me stuff that I talked about yeah. that it is as personal for me as it is in my career as it is in my finances, but like I had opportunities like to conti- to take job offers and I was still uh, not job offers, but like interviews where I know I could probably get the job, and I was like no cuz mm. I did not want to work there. And I really wanted to try to make sure that I was going somewhere that I at least wanted to be, mm-hmm. especially if I was gonna knew if I was gonna be working hard. Um and I didn't get my job offer from mm-hmm. WeWork until June of twenty nineteen. No, like the end of May of twenty nineteen. Yeah, last year. And, and when and was your contract up? I was done in July. Wow, so it was perfect timing for you. So and now, people get it like 18 months in advance, really. And you yeah. were like a month, and I got that. <laughs> yo, ask if my wife was here. Yo, I was, booking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so sure, stressful.
0: So then at WeWork, explain. I don't want to get into the details, yeah. right? Um, but at a high level, can you talk about what you're doing on a day to day basis?
1: Yeah, um, all right. So I work for ARC, which is a subsidiary of WeWork. Do I just want to know what that is? Uh, Yeah, yeah. A subsidiary is kind of like if there's a parent company and the parent company has a tie, whether it's through an investment or like the same board and no investment, but they, you know, provide counseling, whatever. They own a piece of the other company Mm -hmm. and it's just like some of their... Revenue and some of the expenses they flow up to the parent company. So I work for that of WeWork, and it's called Arc, and it's the investment vehicle for WeWork. So when WeWork was still amazing, um, I don't know before <laughs> September of 2018 of 2019, um, and it was 45 billion dollars. The whole the whole works growing like crazy. Um, some landlords weren't and still to this day don't believe which I think is crazy don't believe in the whole co-working experience yeah so they didn't want to offer too much space to WeWorks because if I have a building and it's hundred percent leased by one tenant and that tenant then blows up and goes away well, I'm screwed with my building so if WeWork is in like 30% of the building which is for a one building that's a lot of space especially 100,000 square feet so I'm mm-hmm. like that 30,000 square feet um, landlords weren't letting WeWork grow they were like no I don't want to give you more space. Yeah. So then we were like, you know what, fuck y'all. We're gonna make something that buys real estate for us so that we can then be like, all right, now who's gonna tell us to stop to grow because we own it. Yeah. And that was ARC. Okay. And the separation there is that we have our own third party capital. So our money that we use to invest is from like investments that institutions. institutions like that's who we go out to fundraise and then the we work investment is like i don't know venture capital funds and all that and then separate boards everything like that the reason why we're somewhat tied is we were put up like i don't know how much money but a couple of million dollars of seed money for when we first uh, started start Arctic, and yeah. then that's and the whole point is for us to buy buildings on their behalf so that they could be growing but then the world blew up And then we couldn't buy buildings because then they were like, we're not growing anymore. And then now we've been starting to try to buy buildings, but it's actually been a little bit tough because. So when you buy a a house, right, you take out a mortgage. Yeah. And when you take out a mortgage, you get a rate. And based on your credit rating, same based on your credit rating, you get a mortgage. The rate. And there you go. So it's the same thing with a company. When we go to buy a building, it's like where we work for ARC. And even though our, we have money and we're straight, if our business plan is to put in WeWork and we go to, a you know, to you for a loan and you're like, wait, you want to buy this building so then you can go put WeWork in there so that they can then and go and bankrupt and then the so news, that we're yeah. fucked. And then they're like, OK, fine, I'm going to give you the money. But here's a fat interest rate on your <laughs> loan to pay me for that risk. And then once the. On a deal gets too expensive, we can't do anything. Yeah, and we can't do the deal because the deal becomes too expensive, and then it affects our returns too much. So for like from August when I started to like September, it was like August oh, of twenty nineteen when yeah, you started. Yep. Yeah, it was like dope, and we were like, huh? And then September happened, and then from like September till honestly a month ago. We didn't do no really acquisitions. We haven't had a deal since August of last year, which is wow. pretty long time.
0: And so, so you joined. We were shortly before they announced their yeah. IPO, right? Yeah. Um, the IPO later goes on to flop, which I can imagine from inside was probably mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was like? What was going through your mind at that point? Like, because I know there were um, a lot of layoffs in the news. Yeah, and a lot of things were going on. What? What? And you had just gotten married. Or, yeah. Yeah.
1: I knew I was fine because. Like I said, we're third-party capital. Okay. And they already told us like, yo, if things ever like really went sideways, um, it would probably just get spun out. Ah, and okay. then just turn into something that like was its own sustain. Cause as long as you got money, your business is sustainable. So yeah. we had the money. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't that worried. I mean, there are, and I don't, I don't think we had to worry about this, but like if things are really bad and you're not spending money, like investors do have the right Sometimes baked into like the, the contracts to take their money back, really. Yeah, you can do like you when you when, when you when it's not being invested, yeah, when you, yeah, exactly. When you put up a billion, say, I'm gonna give your fund a billion dollars, you don't they don't just get a billion dollars like in one day. It's like we've pledged and then you draw on the money like as you start needing it and using it, yeah. But you it's not gonna be there's a checking account with a billion dollars in it. Um, so yeah, I thought about that, but yeah, thankfully, never happened. So you're good. <laughs> yeah, we're so, straight. how are things now? Uh, you
0: said you're getting back into the swing. Yeah, thing. getting back
1: into the swinging thing. So in that time period, I was doing a lot of asset management, which is like I told yeah, you, like explain the yeah, Explain that. Yeah, the day. So there's like the people that are actually on the ground. So JLL, CBRE, Eastel. Those are yep. like those are big. Like real estate services companies and one of the services that they provide is property management and property management is like okay if the elevator is fixed that's who you go to complain to and that person then goes to the asset manager to be like yo we need to spend x amount of dollars to fix our elevators because they suck and people got stuck in them yeah and then that's when i have to then coordinate all right we have to get an elevator consultant so that we're paying the best price for the elevator. And then we got to find people, you know, we got to start an RFP process, which is like a bidding process to say, I'm going to be the best person to, you know, find you the best person to make the elevator. It's Mm -hmm. like a bunch of coordination. Um, and that sucks. I really don't like it. And when you're
0: walking into the door, you didn't think you were going to be doing any of that. No,
1: like I thought it was going to be maybe high level, like observing, like, For example, another part of asset management is, okay, you know, in real estate, especially now with, like, big tenants and, like, tech companies, they like the whole floor. So when you have a chopped up floor, if you're opportunistic and risky, you look at it as an opportunity to then, like, sell off pieces of the floor and, like, okay, if there's, like, this is getting leased out today and then this is getting leased out in three months— I'm not going to lease that out and I'm going to wait so that it can all be one big floor. And that's a part of asset management as well. Ah, okay. And that's more what I was going to be doing and like don't mind doing. cause It's kind of cool. Um, but the day to day like nonsense, that's not cool. Yeah. So while for those like months from September till like recently, I've been doing a lot of that. But now we've been getting back into acquisitions and, and like looking yeah. into deals and like I did like a huge study on Denver and like we're looking into like buying now. It's way more um, exciting and like something that I actually don't mind doing. That sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's, cool. it's cool. It's cool. Okay.
0: Um, and you had a point that you wanted to hit um, about minorities. Um, uh, ah yeah. yeah, and discipline. And you were talking about how important discipline is when it comes to minorities breaking into things like finance yeah, yeah, or yeah, banking yeah, or yeah, investment man. banking, right? So um, I do want to give you a little bit of time to talk through that process um, about your personal journey, mm-hmm. and then for the viewers, the minorities out there, you know, who may want to break into finance, what they should do and how they can stay disciplined.
1: Yeah, um, I have to honestly, I have to thank my dad a lot for that, like. Me and my dad, but uh, he uh, was my coach, so like we tennis a, coach, yeah, my yep. tennis coach. So we to butt heads a lot, but like he was waking my ass up at six in the morning, go <laughs> go practice, go to the match, and uh, tough on me on the court, all of that. So it really prepared me for like criticism at work and like toughness at work. So I had that, I had that discipline, but the discipline that I lacked was like like life discipline and like school discipline and yeah. like, you know, thinking, thinking ahead discipline like where it's like, okay, the how I said to you, like I'm not just going to get, you're not just going to get a job because you play tennis. I'm like, you're like a, skinny fucking doofy black kid that like you know can mingle with white people like yeah. you have to actually like have some substance especially if you want to get to like the POV. high finance yeah man yeah. those those boys don't and you know what the black kids don't play either yes. i'm not i'm by far not the only one there's some gangsters out there <laughs> <laughs> some of these kids it's not you know like obviously it's still very predominantly white kids and white people and asian people too Fucking even Indian people, but some of those black kids are out there, like that kid's Stephen Breeding, bro. Yeah. Respect, man. And um if I had to give any type of advice to people, it would be like you have to treat if imagine if people treated school the way like some of these kids treat sports. Yeah. Be fucking animals. Yeah. Because they're and some of these kids are animals on the field. And if you put that much if half of that much effort yeah you put effort into half it. of that effort into like actually like paying attention and and that's the thing we're not taught to think that way you know yeah. like
0: it's it's mainly a thing where you go you do your hours in school yeah, and you go home, and, and you yeah, try to avoid all yeah of the work.
1: not it's not how it's supposed to be like i was really lying to myself and kind of like avoiding the grind and you know that's the thing this just starts early man You gotta get up in their school, start your internships right away. Start going into the office right away because it's like kids are. Kids are kids are interning in investment banking since sophomore year, and then they do it sophomore year, junior year. Have a job for two like
0: exactly. Have a job for yeah. two years. Yo, it
1: starts early, and I was just very, very blind to that stuff. And I was as well. I, yeah, I admit, man. like I didn't even know about dude, it, dude. I didn't know what was an investment bank. Too late. Yo, I didn't know what an investment banker was until senior year of college.
0: And then you became an investor. That's maker. crazy. And when I and when I found
1: out, I was like, "Hell no!" Nah. I was like, "No way!" All of, yo, I used to talk so much shit. All those hours, no man. But then that's the thing, man. Like, you they don't tell you how hard you need to work to get to where you want to work. It's fucking hard. It is, hard. And but it's I fun was yeah, I was yeah, well. it is. And I wasn't prepared for that. And honestly, you know, looking back on it, I got told I got really lucky. Yeah. Like. I had one professional inter uh job mm-hmm. uh, interview coming out of college. The first job that I had, fundraising. I literally my first job interview that I was trying to get to get one. That was it. And then I got and then I missed one and then I got another second job. So I took three interviews and got two jobs. Crazy. Most people like do 30 interviews and Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you get a job and um you know, it's a lot of luck, a lot of hard work, but it was definitely luck too. And I could have made it easier for myself if I was more if you're prepared. Prepared, yeah. And that's, that's the thing. It's We have to own our own businesses. And that's why I was talking it's to you about, about college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was talking to you about college. You don't have to go to college to own a business. Straight Not up. Not at all. No. You just got to be really, really good at what you do. You know, this is, this is what I wanted to touch on. I was sitting with my, my godfather never... I don't he went to college but I don't think he ever graduated. That motherfucker is one of the smartest people I know. And he has he has me thinking in this way now that I'm really trying to take and with all the institutional experience that I've had and yeah. like fanciness whatever like I could put on a suit and like not yeah, seem, like, you know? Yeah. Like yeah, like multiple face kind of thing. Um and if I could take the way he's teaching me to think now and put that in something and find something that that's what I'm trying to do next, but the, the thinking is like, think about this. And we did this over a bowl of porridge. My godfather makes awesome porridge with like cinnamon stick and nutmeg, like <laughs> crazy, fucking fire. He was like, think about this, bro. If we went to Costco right now, it would probably cost us $50 to buy enough porridge to give it out for free every morning, one week, and during the winter for five days straight. And if you said, hey, and stood outside of financial buildings where fucking white people love porridge. And you said, "I'm giving up free porridge. I'm gonna be out here next week. I'm gonna be selling porridge, and and he makes it with peanut butter toast. Yeah, and peanut butter toast for three dollars. Um, just free sample. If you like it, come back. If you don't, just tell somebody up. You would. That shit is crazy. There you would be, be a line out the door <laughs> <laughs> next week. You make five hundred cups. That's three times five hundred. That's fifteen hundred dollars." Fifteen hundred dollars cash. You do that five days a week. What fifteen hundred? That's sick. That's seventy-five hundred a week. You have more than one location. That's fi- you could have two locations. That's fifteen thousand dollars a month. You know how many fucking financial buildings there are around there, right? And that's how that that's how like WeWork was born. Yo, WeWork was born on a napkin. That's crazy. Back in a napkin, like he just like did a couple leases real quick, and he's like, you imagine the growth, dude. And that that right there is what. Black kids don't get, because they live in Harlem and stay in Harlem and people don't, it's not, you know, it's not all of it. Or Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, it's not all of it. Because there are players, especially back then, like, there were some good, like, black men, but the majority, not so much. But in Long Island, bro, that they're, mo- that's like a normal thing yeah. to be, to think that way. And, like, you know, that that's the different that's the difference right there.
0: So so now that you're in corporate America, I do want to ask a couple of questions about that. Mm. Do you plan on staying in the corporate workforce Mm-mm. or do you plan on opening your own business? I, I know we I had this know. conversation yeah. a long time ago may, about maybe starting like a yeah. coffee shop or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, and, and then the second question after you answer yeah. that is going to be, you talked about multiple faces. How do you blend in in corporate America? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, the first one was, Um, What was that again? Um, Starting
0: a business. Starting a business. Yeah, okay, okay.
1: I don't know, man. Starting a business, number one, is hard as shit. Um, I also don't mind not... I'm going back and forth with it because I don't know what I would start it in. You know, I don't know if I want my own, like, real estate shop. Yeah. I don't know if I want to go to a, you know, a Nike or something and do real estate at Nike and tell them, you know, this is where you should be investing. These are the buildings we should buy or you know, this is leases we should take. Um, so, but if I were to start a business, I think it would be something that I'm more passionate about and use a real estate element into it. So like my godfather, he's in the nightlife. Like he, um, he's in New York. Yeah. He's owned restaurants. He used to work at the Gansmore and throw parties there. Like kind of like a, yeah, like a party, literally like a legitimate party. He used to like host, you know, P Diddy, like, like all those dudes in the Mm nineties, Cuba, all of that. And we're thinking about trying to, like, open something up ourselves. So, like, if I were to own something, I think it would be something fun. You know, yeah. I've worked really hard. We you can and, incorporate, like you yeah, said, real estate and into it. Into it. And that's what I'm saying in terms of, ta- you know, I like taking bets on myself, but measured bets. Yes. And I would never do a, go into a business where, like. You know, it, there wasn't at least something that I was dangerous in mm-hmm. that had to do with the business. It has to be the whole business plan, but an element of it would is definitely gonna be real estate oriented. Yeah. Um, and you can do real estate oriented business in a lot. So that's what I've been maybe thinking about with respect to businesses. Or even also maybe like teaming up with friends and doing something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I could do. I'm that. right here. But yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. team up with for like I, I have a, I have a friend right now that started actually he started a um, consumer package good business where he's like a middleman for like artisanal like you know this dude making cereal bars in his fucking farm. Yeah. And like and he wants you to know, get it out organic there. you know people like organic shit and like healthy lifestyle stuff and you know. So he has something like that, I mean, you know. You never know. You never know. I'm trying to be open-minded, and that's that's the way. Like I know, my brain goes in a yeah, million, mine too yeah, yeah. In a million directions. I have so many different thoughts, yeah. Many, that's why, like, man. I literally
0: I try to either write something yo, down or shoot yo, a text out. I
1: have to fucking put in my calendar to like call people to email people. Me too. Like it's, I'm tired. You know, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. I, my wife is funny. She's like, you can't always be tired. I'm like, no, I'm not physically tired. Like my I'm. Mentally, I'm tired. Yeah. yeah, it's very man. taxing on tired. you. I'm tired, yeah, man. And like thinking of the next move, and because that's the thing, it's momentum is a bitch. Yes, it's it's either really starting really out. Good. Oh yeah, my bro. god, the grind it's either, is yo, and that that slope pushing that ball <laughs> up the hill yeah. is way longer than the drop. <laughs> yeah. Yo, you know, you work, you got to work really hard, to, but it just takes one.
0: It just takes one bad, opportunity. Yeah, bad, good or bad. Good or bad to change to the trajectory.
1: Fuck up everything you were just working on. Yeah. So I'm trying to be real calculated with starting, especially starting a business. Mm-hmm. I won't lose all my fucking money.
0: Exactly. You know, because you can. You hear that all the time. Yeah, like yeah, I, start, I, I failed you know, in business. About, yeah. Majority of businesses fail. It's true. I've had the opportunity to do two that have been successful. Yeah. But that's just because, like you said, like I put the time and the effort yeah, and yeah, like to. everything into it.
1: <sighs> yes. And that's the thing, too. That's how I feel about investing as well. Like people ask me all the time if I invest. I say no. I really? don't. Um, nah. I mean, I have like I have my 401k. Yeah. But other than that, um, like I said, I'm taking the bet on myself where I don't need to do that. Okay, you know, um, before you get into
0: your your financial picture, talk, uh-huh. I want you to answer that question. how, uh, how do you blend in? America in yeah, thing? How do you blend in, corporate America?
1: Um, I play tennis, man. So you know, and it's funny. And you live in Long Island. It's funny. It's like, how did I? blend? you know, what's even a funnier question is how did I blend in in black neighborhoods? That's that was a thing for Damn. me too because I, because I could blend in so well in like corporate America and tennis, because that's what I I also grew up in that. Yeah. And, you know, you ever seen the movie, like, Green Book? I haven't. With uh, the dude, like, where he drives. Oh, where he's driving? Yeah. The roles the, are reversed. Yeah, the roles are reversed. Um, there's a scene in that movie where he's like, if I'm not black enough for them and I'm not white enough for them, then where do you fit in the middle? And I feel like there's a lot of people like that where, like, you know, they live kind of in the two worlds kind of yeah. thing. They make movies about that kind of shit all the time. Yeah. Right? It's like, even in...
0: I would say myself, yeah. What's
1: the, what's the name of that movie with fucking T.I.? Where, where his girlfriend... Uh, Atlanta. Yeah, uh, Atlanta. ATL. ATL. Yeah. Like, the girl, she was from the other side. Nigga, she's still, she's still black. <laughs> yeah. Black rich people go through awful <laughs> shit, too. Yeah. Um, so, blending in corporate America, to answer your question, came natural to me. Yeah. Because it was, like just, me it was like, tennis all over again. And I was always used to blending in. Because even when... I was in, you know, back where I grew up from and I was seeing old friend or even family that was, like, still in the ghetto. I could feel, like, the, like, not tension, but fakeness, Un- kind of, yeah. like, unease. And it's just, like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm not any different than you guys, you know, because of that. And the same, it's the same thing in corporate America. It's, like, you always have to smile, like, shit like that. You know, yeah. and I and I've been very used to that because in Latin neighborhoods too, like you know, for example, like things like depression and stuff like ah, get over it, like that right. shit doesn't exist. So same thing being, in the African American. Yeah, yeah, same same yeah. fucking thing, same thing. So you know, you have it too good to be you know sad or anything like that. So I was used to also not you know behaving the way I wanted to or acting the way I wanted to, say hi. I felt like stuff like that there as well. So doing it in a corporate America was almost like second nature it's is and that's the thing too so it's they're natural, so gulli- right? yeah they're so gullible like they're so typical you know it's like they're all not all the same but like they they eat up the the black poor black kid tennis player like they eat that shit up man so so you use like, it to your yeah, advantage hell yeah you have to right you have to you know somebody <laughs> asked me that they're like yo um does it ever occur to you that you get jobs partially because you're black? I'm like, you fucking right it occurs to me. <laughs> I use, I use, what? I use that as much as I can. Yeah, yeah man, because that's the thing. And you know, a lot of people also don't understand that a lot of the times why I can't see people or go back to my own neighbor and stuff like that is I'm trying to make money. And the reason why I'm trying to make money is because that I know that's the only way to that's, help. That's where you came from. That's and you that's don't want to go back to that's that. That's to help. Yeah, and that too. Hell no, I don't want to go back there. At least not to live there, to visit and stuff like, yeah, of course, my family's there. But I want them to have better. And the only way I'm, I feel like I'm ever going to make true change is if I have the money to do what I want. Yeah. And that takes a lot of money. It
0: does take a lot of money. So now that we're talking about money. Let's talk about your personal financial picture. So you were saying that you really don't invest. But um, because of the uncertainty in the startup space, mm-hmm. if you were to lose a job due to... Um, Factors outside of your control, mm-hmm. do you have a plan in place to kind of weather that yeah, storm?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I have, I have a now I have a savings account. Um, <laughs> and I wasn't, you know, in college, I was kind of stupid with the stipend money that I got. Man, I just blew right through it, <laughs> <laughs> like straight gone. Um, by the time I was like a year out of college, the rest of what I had saved was gone. But now, especially when I started banking, I was like, nah, man, I'm holding on to this, shit. Yeah. So, like. If I wanted to, I could take off six. I could quit and not work for six months and be okay.
0: Okay, but so you do have that emergency fund set up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, have, you know, I have
1: an emergency fund, and then I have my 401k, but other than that, you know, I save every month, especially I moved home when I got married, so I'm waiting for my wife to get here so that we can have like, you know, a nice setup and all of that once she gets here, and then I still want some money for after we move in yep. so that we're okay, um, but other than that, you know, I save every month out of my paycheck from, you know, whatever. after I pay my bills, I just put it in my savings. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as I start to really take strides, and I believe in investing in, like, companies. Like, I want to be my own individual. And you're
0: not talking about buying shares. You're no. talking about actual yeah, acc- hard Yeah, I want to be
1: an accredited investor. Yeah. Like, a, my own Shark Tank, and I would find Shark Tank people that mm-hmm. would, be, yeah, that have to like. You want to find a coffee yeah, shop that's yeah, saying, hey, like, and we need I, capital. And I, yeah, and I'm the capital. I don't want, I, you know, I believe in the you stock. You don't want to invest in a Starbucks. No, I no, don't fuck with that stock. <laughs> no, unless it was a stock market, unless it was a company where I, like, knew the CEO. Yeah. But other than that, I'm not giving up.
0: The because, stock. I mean, when, once you're in corporate America, you kind of see how much money is wasted. Yo. And how much money and is lost. And how stupid
1: some of these people are. Yeah. There's a a lot of stupid people. That, ha- oh that own God. companies <laughs> yeah. and that are at the head of companies and i'm 20 you know i'm not that smart but like i'm smart enough to be dangerous and i'm like yo y'all niggas really not that smart like right. that's really what you're about to do um and when
0: you see it from behind the veil you're like what am i actually investing in because there's a lot yeah. of money being wasted yeah, and man. resources being squandered it's, it's,
1: it's frustrating because it's like and that's the thing that's why the senate the way they're going to hopefully pay reparations is by helping black people do their own businesses because black people are fucking smart. Very. They really, they, black people are very savvy. And that's that's business at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And if they finally actually had their hands on some real money to do something, then they would be really build wealth. And that's kind of how I look at investing. I want to build wealth by, like, Spending wealth and yeah. putting it into what I want to, and waiting ten years for okay. Now, you, that's got by John- now you got bought by Johnson and Johnson, and you know they bought it for five hundred million, and now they're giving out, you know two million, four million dollars to every. So investor. you think that's the
0: answer for our race? Yeah, is to invest over the long haul.
1: Yeah. Get equity, yeah. hard it's equity, not, it's build not, businesses. Yeah, yeah. The, be- the, my, the riches that I'm building, sorry, I just got you off, but no, the go riches ahead. that I'm trying to build is not for my lifetime. It's for my children.
0: Generational wealth. Yeah,
1: it's for them. They're yeah. going to be fucking loaded, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. When they turn 25, I'm going to go, and then they're going <laughs> to have, hopefully, like a portfolio that they inherited from me that is cash flow positive, or just like, they got a shitload of money because you know, things got bought things that I own got bought out and then here are yeah. the proceeds laying and building somewhere else now. Like And like for the that.
0: for the viewers and listeners out there who are maybe thinking about starting a business, how sh- could should they go about that?
1: Um write a badass business plan, bro. Business plan? Yeah, step you, one? Yeah. Yeah. You have to and, and step one, ooh, is big, man. You have to know like, has anybody else done it? If they are, how are they doing it? How many people, what's the actual demand for this? How expensive is it gonna be? How am I gonna most efficiently get what I need? How long is it gonna take me to build things? How long is it gonna take for me to, to send things? Are people gonna come to me for it? Like there's so many, like I would get such a headache trying to start a business right yeah. now because you have you definitely hit that you have to overthink it, number one, before you go talk to anybody mm-hmm. because it's so easy to lose money that anybody that has half a brain to lend you money or anybody who has money out to lend probably has more than half a brain because if not they wouldn't have the money. And if they're gonna lend you that money, they're gonna want you to be solid. Yeah. Like just cold and know every answer and you can't like you can't fuck that up. Exactly. Because then if not, they're gonna be like, all right, here's 10% interest on yeah. your on your monthly payment yeah. and have fun starting your business. And then and then you're fucked because then they're gonna take your business and do it for you. Yes. And that's fucked up. And that's that's. But like, that happens that's, in that's the PE space. That's distress. Yeah. That's buying the distressed companies, and yeah. people make millions and billions of dollars of buying distressed companies that they had a good idea, but they were fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. And then people buy it, <laughs> yeah. and then do it well for them, and then or they put people in place to do yeah, it and, well and put for people them. in place for them exactly, and then boom. Yeah.
0: I, I think one of the things that I tell everybody is take that first step. Just yeah. get started. Yeah, just get started. Like just some, get started. Sometimes, like, you, you were talking about the business plan. Sometimes that'll come over time. But sometimes you just have to take the first step yeah. and get started.
1: Yeah, and, yo, like you said, fucking go on YouTube, bro. Go on YouTube. Go on YouTube. Like, and that's the thing. My... <laughs> My dad's so cheesy, but he's right. Like, he has this screensaver that says, like, if you want something, you get it, and if you don't, you make excuses. And it's really that simple. Like, people know to stay in shape. You got to eat healthy. You got to go to the gym. You got (laughs) to run. the fuck? That's the formula. That's it. (laughs) If you want to start a business, yeah, I got to look into shit, you know? Like, I got to study shit. I got to either go to school. Like, it's really not rocket science. It's discipline. Discipline. It's discipline. That's what it all It's it discipline, and and the minority culture. Because that's the thing. I told my. I was talking to my mom about this. Minorities are extremely respectful. They fucking you know like for the most part. Yeah. Obviously, niggas be violent sometimes, <laughs> and it, that's cool. Everybody does. Every yeah. every race does, but sometimes you know, whatever. But all in all, like oh, my God, you're so well-behaved. Yeah, bro, you've been my mom, son. Right. And you know how many black kids have that? Mo- I know he has it, he's Jamaican. <laughs> I know you have it, you from the... Gu- she, you know, like, my mom's, man, and that's, like, a lot of black moms. So we're very respectful, mm-hmm. and that's another form of discipline because sometimes people don't deserve respect, and we're still respectful. Crazy, right? Fitting in corporate America. Yes. That's why I came natural. But in terms of the discipline of, like, Self discipline. Stay on top of yourself. Do what you want. Go after it. You know, like pursue your shit. Don't don't talk hot air. Yeah, not that much. Actually, do it. Yeah, not that much.
0: Um, Even
1: myself sometimes.
0: Yeah, Straight up. I have to catch myself sometimes. Even Might myself, say, y'all yeah, be yeah, like, yo, I've been
1: so fucking lazy. Right. I sometimes I just you know, like say yeah, like I happens. set this goal, and I have to do it. I have it to happens, get up. Yeah. I, I
0: wake up at five a.m. Yeah, because I set those goals. Sometimes I don't feel like I know. F- I know you don't yeah. feel like it, it bro, you know, as well. Like five
1: thirty in the morning, Monday through Friday. Yeah. Six o eight train mm-hmm. in the gym by six forty five at my desk by eight thirty. Hopefully, I catch the seven fifty four train home. That's Monday through Friday crazy like clockwork
0: so now getting into some of your 2020 goals and your five-year plan can you talk through that just to you know see what's on the horizon we're talking about Uh, setting those goals and keeping that 2020
1: goals i want to by 2020 in five years i want to have closed at least a billion dollars of transactions if i stay at we work okay that means what five years each one has to be uh, so each year has to be 200 million dollars we look at 200 million dollar deals all the time. Yeah. So if I can't fucking close a billion dollar worth of deals in five <laughs> years, I suck. If I stay for five years, yeah. Um, Definitely like VP. All of that. Um, I would like. I like. I guess from like a financial standpoint, I'd like to be making double what I'm making because mm-hmm. that's the thing. Especially for what I was saying—the difference between banking, where it's more secure, and private equity. When the fund doesn't do well. Ain't nobody doing good but when the fund does good and let's say for example you brought one of the deals that made you the brought fun one do of those 200 million dollar deals in, <laughs> <laughs> <Running> in money and <laughs> money um, so I want to be able to at least like bring in a couple of deals myself but that's the thing you know I'm in an associate position and that's more like VP level yeah um, and hopefully I can get there in I don't know two to three years and then in terms of goals I gotta get a become a way better writer writer I really noticed that, like, I'm pretty good in Excel mm-hmm. and like modeling and all that nonsense, whatever, and like financial evaluation. But like, I wrote, I wrote like a presentation the other day, and it just, I wrote the way I spoke, mm. and like, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, it's too casual. It's not professional enough. Run on sentences. I fucking I ramble all the time. I probably rambled on this. <laughs> like I do. I know, and it's 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 because it's my mind. Yeah, and I write flying, what's in my it's mind. Because I'm always thinking, and it's funny, my wife, she has this thing now where I go, when I'm trying to explain something to her, she'll be like, you got one minute. (laughs) Before I say she goes, one minute. I'm like, all right, bet, go. Um, So, yeah, I mean, definitely VP level, like I said. Close a couple deals and have a decision on whether I'm going to start actually opening my own business or not.
0: Okay. And so... Uh, I do want to give you an opportunity to give out some of your social media um, uh, Uh, for people that want to reach out to you, maybe via LinkedIn or like, you know, Instagram or something like that. For sure,
1: for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can message me on LinkedIn. I'm actually pretty active on it. Um, It's just my name, JJ. And then my last name is T as in Tom, A as in Apple, U as in Uncle, I as in Ink, L as in Larry, uh, to Will. And uh, yeah, just hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, Oh, This goes on Instagram.
0: This goes on Instagram, YouTube, uh, everything.
1: Uh, yeah, hybrid, <laughs> hybrid black man is my um my Instagram handle. Talk about molding in two worlds. <laughs> uh, I take that shit. Nah, I take that shit to heart. That's real, bro. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's my Instagram.
0: Okay, well, this was Money Talks to Podcast Season One, Episode Nine with JJ To Thank you for being on the show, man. Thanks, Appreciate bro.
1: You. Thanks, man.